This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cammie here. We are wrapping up with our last query of the year, and this is a Best of 2019 Part 2 episode, including Jasmine Robbins, Adam Rapon, and Congressman Mark Takano. We've got, hey, do we have beauty bloggers? Yes. Or Instagram supermodels? Yes. Do we have... Olympians? Well, of course we do. Do we have actual politicians elected in and serving California? Yes. That's what you can expect from this podcast in the new year. No, don't expect that. That was last year. In the new year, that and and even more. Um, So grateful to all of you for your support and have a great New Year's Eve. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still A lot of people ask me how I like describe my style and I truly don't know that answer. How I describe me. I mean, I date, I would, I'm a lesbian. I kind of go back and forth because there's so many like pansexual, bisexual, all these words that I also think I can fit into, which is something that I've just found throughout my life in general is like... I change things to not have labels because I'm so just like one minute I want this the next minute who knows you know and I like to be I don't like to be like put into a box and I know that's so like fucking cliche and everyone nobody likes to be put into a box actually I really I don't think I don't know that that's standard for for queer community for for like queerness and so I'd love to talk more about this because I um, really, I, I like was looking at your face when you said lesbian and yeah. you're like, I get, you know, and yeah. for me, it's like, I'm a lesbian. Like, right. That's like, I don't have oh, an okay. I yeah, guess yeah, face yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, and when you said you're 27, is that the age you are now? I'm or 28. Was, you're 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder like, and you were saying that this is an evolving understanding for you. What was mm-hmm. your first identity, identity that made sense to you? Lesbian, for sure. And when when did that happen in your life? When I was 16, I started dating my best friend. I don't know if this is like a... Is this a normal story? Like a regular <laughs> story? To me, all my friends, like, you fell in love with your best friend and that was it. Um, I mean, I, I am... So I'm 37. Okay. So we are in queerness... About 300 years apart. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, and so I fell in love with my best friend in high school, but okay. we did not date. Okay. Uh, because nobody was out. Literally right. zero people were out. Yeah. And um, I, and this person does not identify as having, as any part at, at all in the queer community today. Oh. And um, that Oof. didn't, so, so were we in a relationship? I don't know. I left a lot of like Snickers bars in her locker and Aww. bought her $200 jeans for her birthday. You know what I mean? That's amazing. Well, sometimes you get a job. There you so go. So you can buy you are a- your, your 
you're because you're in, you're in such a you're in such a heterosexual best friendship yeah. that you become <laughs> a lifeguard. Yeah, yeah. To buy that person lavender jeans. I feel you because you guys are best friends. I love that. You know. Yeah. Um, so my experience was a little different than yours. Okay. Okay. What was your experience? So I fell in love with my best friend. First of all, there were people at my high school that I hung out with that. Whether they were, I mean, like, kind of people knew, not really out and, like, running around the hallway with rainbows on or anything, but just, like, people kind of knew. I hung out with many people that were lesbians. and, and Wow. But in my town of less than 9,000 people, it wasn't talked about. Which is where? Where is this town? Um, Peru, Illinois. Wait, what? I'm... That's I know where Peru is. Ew. Why? <laughs> well, I'm from the western suburbs of Chicago. I'm from Western Springs, which is like kind of okay. near. Uh, I guess maybe Oak Park is the biggest. Oh, okay. The biggest suburb, a couple suburbs yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um. Oh, yeah. So you know where I'm coming from? Peru, Illinois. Yeah. Wait. Are there are there people of color in Peru? No. Illinois? Okay, because I. <laughs> That's no. what I would have said no. also. <laughs> there are not. Um, other than my dad, my brother, me, I could probably name all of them, which would be under 10 people. Yeah. Yeah. Rough times. <laughs> I'm imagining. Rough times. <laughs> How did your family end up there? Um, my mom lived there. My dad moved from Cleveland, Ohio to play football at the community college. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Does your family still live there? My parents do. Wow. Every time I go back, it's like I'm stepping in a fucking time warp. I mean, especially now that you have, like, I, I especially now that you have, like, facial piercings. Yes. Today, you have, today you have black lipstick yeah. on. Normally, you my hair a, is not like this. It's what? normally, like, lime green, pink, <laughs> orange. And is it always this? Because you have it really closely cropped. Yeah, is it it's always, always this short? short. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining. I am. I am imagining Peru, Illinois. <laughs> you walking through? Shook. With, yeah. Yes. 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 What's like the place? What's like the establishment that people would go there? Um. There's this place called Luz Lagrados, which I will rep until the day is long. It is the best pizza, best wings. They have these little things called garlic nuggets, and they're just deep-fried dough with butter and Parmesan cheese and garlic on them. Try it. That sounds number one. Sounds great. Try number two. It. I'm just here. You go. You're you're <laughs> scooting in to lose the grottos, and uh, yep, <laughs> just the whole town. Yeah. Well, and first when I moved out here. I was like, because I went to school in Joliet, and then, yeah, yeah. I went to school there. Which also is pretty fucking white. It is, but way more diversity than anything Peru had ever thought of. Word. Thankfully. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Not not tons, but a good amount. Yes. Um, So I went to Joliet, then moved out here, um, and my first few years when going to... I've been out here for four years. So like maybe the first two years I went back home, I was like, let me, you know, try not to be so loud. And now I'm just like, 
they're going to look at me. They're going to look at me and I will give them something to look at. I walk around those damn streets like art. Yeah. <laughs> like something you have never seen before. I wear my like uh, faux purple fur coats when I go back home. I'm just like, I might as well, to be honest. There's there's no leaving anything behind. So do you feel like here in well, wh- uh, what's your experience of living in L.A.? Oh, I love it. I love it so much here. Um, That's why I moved out here, because when I visited, um, I walked down the street and I could, first of all, see people that looked like me, see people that looked better than me and that looked worse than me. And I wouldn't hear about it at the end of the day, what they thought of me, because it is so big that you don't hear anything. Oh, wow. You walk past people you don't know all the time. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> right. I mean, the other thing on that about, um, like, not getting feedback, something that's... Because, like, I lived in Chicago before I moved to, like, downtown. Okay. okay. And so um, that's a big city. It's, like, yeah. the third, you know, largest city in the country right now until mm-hmm. Houston takes it over. Um, mm. But... I think another thing that's pretty interesting about L.A. um, is that people are pretty self-focused here. Yeah. Which has some negativity to it. It does, yeah. But it also has some positivity to it because people don't fuck with you Mm -hmm. um, the same way that I've been fucked with with elsewhere. This is just my experience is that I get fucked with here way less. Okay. Um, I don't know what that's like for everybody, but I, um, I felt like... In Chicago, some of the, like, well, super racially divided city. Yes. And it's a super, um, super income divided city. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, a city that's pretty, um, like, uh, misogynistic and homophobic, like, at its core. Uh, yeah. And so, um, and by the way, I also love that city. I'm just saying, yes. different to here. For sure. <laughs> there's, there, to me, felt like there's, like, some undercurrent stuff there where um, everybody's living in that soup. Mm-hmm. And so, they, everybody feels, I think, tense and, and judged. Yeah. So, everybody's putting tension and judgment out there yeah. here. Everybody's kind of, like... A little more self-focused. For sure. And so there's less tension and judgment around. It's not, not a yeah. perfect city. No, but yeah. It seems different. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're in a bubble here, to be honest. A good bubble. A bubble that I love. Yeah. But when I travel anywhere else, I'm like, oh, LA is my like place where you can you can look however the fuck you want here. I'm glad that's your experience. Yeah. Is, that's my experience too. Yeah. I've had I've had like very few um you know like I get I get called a dyke places. Uh-huh. You know, I've that's happened uh very like few in times a negative here. way? Like on the, <laughs> not in the cool way. Not in okay. the cool way. Sorry, I was like, yeah. Like, if, <laughs> not in the cool way that, like, you might call me a dyke. I'd be like, absolutely. Thank you for seeing me. Did you see my response? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> no, what? negatively. Yeah. Like, uh, like on the street. Yeah. You know, like okay. out the car window. Oh, uh, neat. you know. Yeah, fun. <laughs> Do you not get that? Can people not place your, I wonder No, no. Because, see, a lot of times, um, it depends. Because, like, today, I'm very, like, body Olivia Newton-John. Yes. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I'll dress a little bit more street style. If anything, though, it doesn't, I don't really get called 
a lot of, I mean, quote unquote negative things. Um, it's usually just men coming up and hitting on me no matter what. Oh, that's interesting. Do you get that often? Men hitting on me? Yeah. Fuck no. Okay. Um, just wondering. I mean, I used to have like one long side of my hair until yeah. like a couple years ago. And uh-huh. even when I just had like one long side. Yeah. Occasionally men would be like, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and then I, before that when I had all long hair. But I think that, I'm going to say something that's, I think, true. Okay. I think if you are a white woman that is like under 50 uh-huh. and you have short hair. Uh-huh. That means something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, especially if it's not a pixie cut. Because yeah. a pixie cut is like sort of the, like, maybe I'm straight. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I think that, like, after 50, a lot of white women cut their hair. Yes. But um, before 50, a lot of long hair on white women. Mm-hmm. You're versus, right. I think, like, well, like, I'll tell you, black women uh-huh. all the time yeah. tell me they like my hair. Yeah. White women do not. Tell me they like my hair. Really? Except, except they're except that they're like cool white. I just mean like an older lady. Yeah, like yeah, I just yeah. mean like I'm at the airport. Yeah. Somebody's like, I like your hair. It's an older voice. It's it's a black woman. Uh-huh. It's not like there's not like a uh-huh. 50 year, 70 year old white woman <laughs> being like, I love your short hair. That yeah. that white woman's like, you're gay. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> that's <laughs> but funny. I think it just means something a little different. Yeah. Like I think there are a lot of Black women who identify a bunch of different ways who have short hair. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's not, um, it, it is interesting to think about because it doesn't, when I see short hair on black women, I don't necessarily think of like a sexuality. Exactly. To go along with that. But you're right. <laughs> you're you're very right for a white woman with short hair that's under 50. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, my odds. <laughs> I actually true. think that's true. Uh <laughs> It's, I actually think maybe even, if I think about it even further, maybe that's, like, just true for black women. Yeah. Because I also think, like, because I have, like, I'm, I'm, I feel like if it's, like, if you're Middle Eastern woman, yeah. if you're South Asian, you're, like, yeah. if, and you have short hair, I think that also yeah. is an indication. I never really thought of that, but you're right. You're uh-huh. right. And I think that's what... Uh, yeah, because even when you think about, like, pixies and, like, shaved head or, like, a short little cute afro or something, I never, never think of anything when I th- see black women. Yes. Yeah. I wonder then, so if people don't mark, like, yeah, see you, visually know what's going on, mm-hmm. how do you let people know? Um, I really... Like, what do you say to men? I guess maybe that's a maybe that's, oh, a, maybe that's an easier question. I'll just be like, no, I date women. Um, I'm not. See, okay, that's this circling all the way back to when you asked me, how do I identify as, right? Yeah. First and foremost, yes, I identify as a lesbian. Secondly, though, there is like 10% of me that would be okay with dating a, a cis man. He would have to be very special. (laughs) And I've never, I haven't dated a man uh, in like six years. 
I think. Yeah. Or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I don't think, um, I don't like want to completely, never would I completely shut myself off. Even if I have like physically, I haven't been around a man in forever, you know, but, um, I always, if I were to fall in love with a guy, I'm not going to cut myself off from that because I'm like, no, I'm a lesbian. You know, so I always leave like a little window open and just like I will accept love in any way, shape or form, you know, Um, but majority 95% of me, 96% of me will be with someone who identifies as a female. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I think uh, I think on my end, it's just like. It's actually the dating. It's like it's not that I don't think men are attractive. It's that I'm mm-hmm. a, I. It's that I like literally just don't think that it would even be possible in a. Like, I just don't even want to talk to a guy yeah. as a in a as a partner. Yeah, you know, I, I would love to you. talk to a guy in other ways, but yeah. but I can't do that. So, um, that's why I'm like hard lesbian. Yeah, no, you know, I because I just am like that's we wouldn't. I don't want to talk to you. So that, yeah. seems, that seems like a bad setup for you, this man I'm imagining. <laughs> Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Was it the Globes? Was it the Globes? Harness. Uh, Globes? Oscars. Oscars. Yes. I mean, I really can't take much credit for that because I, uh, Jeremy Scott dressed me for the Oscars and uh you know Jeremy's crazy but he's the nicest person I've ever met still insane I'm insane too so we got along and uh you know he he had a bunch of different options for me and um I kind of pick and chose from pick and chose yeah pick and chose you you picked and chose yes I picked and chose I, deci- I decided to I pick dis- and choose. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I picked a few different things from a few different options he had. And um, I just thought the harness was cool. I didn't really think of it as like a statement. I just thought, you know, I'm going to the Oscar. Nobody's going to give a shit. Um, you know, I wasn't nominated for any performance. So I'm just going there. You know, I was invited to go and, and sit in the audience, which was amazing. Um, but I was like, nobody's going to really pay attention. I, so I wanted to wear something that I thought was like reminiscent of a skating costume and, and was just fun. And then, you know, I, it ended up getting a lot of attention, but it was just something I thought was cool. How did that attention feel? <sighs> like if your intention was just like, I look cool or whatever. It was, yeah, was it the felt intention great. positive? Yeah, like- it was totally positive. I mean, like I just, I, I thought what I, 
I was super comfortable in what I was wearing. So whether the people liked it or they didn't like it, um, it didn't matter to me. But I think that um, the reaction of a lot of people was that, oh, that's really cool and something that you wouldn't normally do at the Oscars. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, we're seeing um, dudes walk carpets and different stuff. And I mean, I hate to, you know, call you out in this way, but I think you may have ushered that in accidentally, which is cool. I mean, obviously... Prince exists and, right. and was doing some stuff, but I just mean you wearing that on the carpet definitely mattered. I, I think like, um, you know, me wearing the harness and a lot of like other people, yes. um, what, what, how they kind of push that, uh, what is classically male, uh, you know, it's, it's so, uh, I was always jealous of like the women, they go and they have these gorgeous gowns and they're different mm-hmm. cuts and this and that. And, you know, for a man, it's like, for a man, it's a, a tuxedo. And what color is it going to be? Is right. it going to be like off black or black? Will or... it be a bow tie or would it be a regular tie? Yeah, exactly. Will he wear a vest? <laughs> what about no tie? Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it was like, it's just a, kind of a twist. And then now you see like, you know, a lot of people pushing um, super other you know, other boundaries. You see like Billy Porter on the, at the Billy Oscars. Billy Porter obviously killing it. I mean, amazing. The the Oscars gown, the top half of like- Incredible. T- so incredible. Let me ask you a question that about, in your, in your, in how you feel in your body, mm. and I understand that this is all made up stuff. Yeah. But like on a spectrum of masculine and feminine. Mm. Feminine. Feminine, yeah. Yeah. Um, on a scale of masculine and feminine, what does a harness feel like to you? masculine. Yeah. It just felt like, um, you know, I think like as an athlete, you have this, like, uh, you need to be able to like roll around in the mud. And if you don't have that mentality, then I, I, I don't think that's a masculine or feminine trait being able to get dirty. Cause I think right. as an athlete, you need to be able to get dirty. You need to be able to not be pretty. And if you have that, you're able to kind of go the extra mile. Mm-hmm. And I think like in that, for me personally, it felt like, I mean, like, I look badass. Yeah, you did look badass. What about you as a human walking through the world? If you, if there is a scale and there isn't, mm. but like, if there is, because that's, do you feel masculine or feminine? I, I think I'm, I, I have effeminate traits. Like I, I this is a purse <laughs> that I brought. <laughs> yeah. Like I have, I, I have a tote yeah. that I carry around. But as a person, I feel um, like if there's a scale from one to 10, like maybe, uh, Five is let's uh, we're making the scale now. Yeah, it's a it's a these are hypothetical scales. Yeah, that, so five is maybe like uh, non-binary. Let's sure, do that. Ten is completely masculine. One, no, let's do let's not uh, let's be a feminist. Ten is completely feminine. Yes, the highest yeah, number. Right? That's right. Masculine is a, a, a one. Yes, I would say that I feel like I'm a two or a three. So what I love, I mean, the reason I'm asking that is because it's so interesting. You know, our perception of ourselves can sometimes differ from other people's totally. perception, right? So I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. But I think that's one reason that, you know, just thinking about a very small thing like that harness and like, why does that cut through? And it's yeah. like a two wearing the clothing that you usually, you know, think of with an eight or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or like a, or a, I just think that there's some, um, or a two with a three, like then we, when we don't just fall directly where people want us to, right? you know, or where somebody puts on you. You know, it's so funny, exactly like what you said. It's like, we don't realize the perception that of other, what other people have of us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I remember I'm like burping up my cold brew. Well, what uh, I've done is I've given you I've given you acidic drinks <laughs> that will definitely cause a reaction, and then I've said, "Now speak." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I um you know it wasn't until the Olympics that I really realized that people had this perception that like they're they're like you are so sassy and you are oh, so God, that's funny fabulous, and I was like. Yes. Yeah. And wow. And then I kind of take a step outside of myself. I'm like, yeah, I do. There are qualities to me like that, but that's not how I perceive myself. God, that's so interesting. I feel, you know, I. Even like to go back to like Billy Porter. Yeah. He's in that gown. I think a lot of people would be like, Adam, you, you're, you're going to wear the gown next. And, um, and that doesn't feel like me. I would not be comfortable in that. Mm-hmm. It's not something I would, it's not something I would be like, Billy Porter looks amazing in that because he owns it. He also could be wearing these mics instead of the gown and the wires around his neck. And he would own that. Um, I don't, I wouldn't own that the same way because that doesn't feel like me. Yeah, I, t- I hear you. I mean, I feel, I totally feel like I don't, I don't know what. I, when I cut my hair, you know, I used to have like long hair on one side. And when I cut it, I was losing like two inches of hair because it was such an asymmetrical haircut. Like, <laughs> it could not have been less hair, but um, it changed how I saw myself so much. It also changed how I was like received in the entire universe, mm. but it changed how I saw myself because I really always thought, I don't know, one time my therapist was talking, this is like years ago, and my therapist was telling me like, but like someone butch like you, it's like, when I was literally like, bleh, bleh, like what? Excuse like, I just was me? like, yeah. I yes, I'm wearing a leather jacket. Yes, <laughs> I have boots on. Yes, I have a deep voice. Yes, I have a commanding presence. But I believe yeah. the word you're looking for is high femme. You know, like, <laughs> it's just, it's just so weird, yeah. you know, like trying to exist in the world at all and figure out what you're supposed to wear. Yeah, so, and you're, it's just, it's crazy when somebody analyzes you yes. from the outside because you're like, excuse me? Yeah. It's, you know, it's like when I came, when I came out to my friends, it like wasn't a shock to anybody. And they're like, you've been carrying around a, you know, a bowling bag as a purse for you know, three years. You know that, right? I bowl, excuse me. And I, I'm this like, is for bowling. excuse me, and my <laughs> pants don't look good when I have things in the pockets. <laughs> I'm just being efficient. Okay, here's a question that, uh, you can totally tell me if you're like, nope, we're, I don't, but uh, I feel like dating, dating around after yeah. this happening to you after like sort of a very, like that was a steep climb yeah, it was to like, visibility. Yeah. <laughs> like, I already knew who you were. I already knew the work that you're doing. Um, watching somebody that's just like on Nobody. your radar. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you think it's cool. Suddenly be like front page New York times with that. Mm. I just wonder, like, what the fuck did that do to the way you connect with other people? So, um, actually, I, uh, uh, I'm trying to tell this story well. So, like, maybe four years ago, I was dating somebody, and we, we broke up. And I, uh, and we broke up, and it, we were on good terms, but I really needed to, like, focus on the Olympics. And I wanted to give my whole self into this moment, and it just felt like I needed to do that on my own. And it felt selfish and I felt bad about it, but it was like, it was, it was the right thing to do for the both of us, especially in our relationship and everything. Um, but then, you know, for, then I was, you know, didn't see anybody for a while. And then as we were getting closer to the Olympics, I think for fun, I would go on Tinder 
and it's just so easy to just swipe and swipe. And so I was actually at an event at a competition in Finland, um, the year of the, the season of the Olympics. So in October before that February, and, um, I matched with this guy from Finland. We never met, but he was very cute. Um, you know, I, I, like if you went on my Instagram before the Olympics, I had this random amount of followers where it was like, not like just your friends. It was like a rand, like, sure. a, like a weird sort of like sure. on the cusp of maybe getting like a sugar bear hair endorsement. Sure. Like I was about 5,000 away. Sure. You know what I mean? It was like, maybe <laughs> McDonald's will reach out for like a local thing. By the way, may I say those sugar bear hair vitamins are delicious like candy may or may not work. Yeah. I've gotten them as podcast promotion and I accidentally decided that they were delicious like candy. Oh yeah. So stay away slash or get them. You know you're what I mean? Right, you're right, you're uh, right. Which, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then this podcast is presented by Sugar Bear Hair. Yeah, <laughs> stay away them, or get them. Yeah, stay away or get them, <laughs> yeah. depending on what you need. But yes, yeah, keep going. So he just thought I was some sort of like wannabe influencer. Like, you know, I posted pictures of like whatever. right. Um, but so he had no idea about like me skating or whatever, but we started chatting and, um, there was just this no expectation of us ever meeting. And it was just nice to talk with somebody. And, and I was, you know, included them on the events that I was doing and tell them like, Oh, I'm going to this competition and this, and we're getting ready. And I really hope I make it to the Olympics and, um, all of that. So, I got to really know this person pretty well without ever having met them. And so then that escalated from like a few messages here and there to like, we obviously were in different time zones. So then we would start to send like longer videos of us talking and answering questions that we would ask. And it would be like sometimes like 10 to 15 minutes of just like, whoa. Yeah. And um, that happened. And I remember talking to this guy all throughout, um, the preceding competitions to Olympics. And then I, you know, get to the Olympics. And I remember the last message that I sent him before I went to the village. And I was like, you know, I'm going to the village today, blah, blah, blah. Cause when we go, when we went to Korea, we went to this um, city called um, Chungcheong and it was outside of um, Pyeongchang. Ooh, did <laughs> a mouthful. Yeah. And, um, when I was in Chungcheong, we were just going, you know, it's out of the village. There's no media. So it's, it can be pretty quiet. So my coach was like, go to the village, you know, go to the village. You don't need to be here anymore. Um, I remember that last message. And then literally within the next one or two days, everything changed. And, uh, we didn't talk a lot during that Olympic time because I was just so busy, but I got one message from him and he was sending, he still sent me messages like very continually, like we would normally do. And I was like, does he even know what's like going on? Like, does he even know what's happening? And he sent me one message where he was like, I know everything is getting crazy. Um, but I kind of feel like it's important for me to keep sending videos like I normally would. Oh, that is nice. And so then, um, we ended up, I, I was always planning on, um, you know, if, maybe we would meet somewhere or the, after the Olympics, the world championships were in Milan. And I was thinking, Oh, maybe we'll just meet in Milan. Um, but then after Olympics, I was like, I'm done. Like, I, I don't think I can do another competition after that. It just, everything went according to plan. Mm. 
and I was like, I don't think I'm going to Milan anymore. And then he was like, well, maybe I'll come to L.A. So we had been talking for like six, seven months at this point. And so he came to L.A. and then um, we've been dating ever since. And he's been here? He goes back and forth between Finland and L.A. And so he does real estate. So when he's over here, he can work on the phone and stuff. And he flips apartments and he buys different properties and flips them, turns them over. I am so happy for you that that is the story. Isn't that really, like, beautiful? It really is. I feel very lucky that I had, uh, that I got to meet somebody in the, before, during, and after. Because they got to really know who I was. My three great uncles that served, one of them actually never came back. He, he, He died at age 23. Um, even as his family was interned in internment camps. And um He was serving even as his family was interned. That's right. That's right. So Yeah. That sounds that sounds very to me that sounds very American actually. I think there's a there are, there are a lot of people, I think, still living that life today. Yeah. Like well, here's the thing. Um there's been a backlash against I think the progress that was made under the Obama administration. I mean, mm-hmm. electing the first African American president. The way in which he was beginning to push in a forward way uh, trans rights and this very deliberate, you know, reversal uh, and the targeting of trans people, uh, you know, the the trans ban in the military, um, the revision of the the guidelines under the Department of Education um, uh, for trans students. Um, this is all very deliberate, and so what people. Um, I guess I guess the experience of I mean that that whole image of of a 23 year old Japanese American fighting for his country, dying on the battlefield, even as his family is unjustly interned in an internment camp. Why that's such an important thing, important part of history to remember, is as you say, people suffer the humiliation today of loving their country of wanting to fight for the country, wanting to serve for the serve their country and um still be insulted uh for who they are. Right. Uh by a president who with a broad sweep of his rhetoric says that, you know, a Mexican American judge can't treat him fairly in a court because he's Mexican. Right. Or he's Mexican American. Mm-hmm. This this is um and so look, to your young listeners I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm no, gonna stunt. I, I love to, it. To your young listeners, you're we're not fighting World War II right now, but we're we're fighting for our republic. We're fighting for the government of the people, for the people, and by the people, and making sure it doesn't perish from this earth. Making sure that a demagogic um, person in the White House who has this d- demonic sort of hold um, on a certain segment of the population. Um, and has told falsehoods that uh, that we don't let him, um, you know, cause this precious thing of our of our republic to to, to disappear. And yeah, it's, that, ma- it's not his. It's not his. It's ours. And you get, <laughs> it's everyone's. It's everyone's. And you've got a you have a role to play, no less than my my great uncle, who who made a bet. You know that you know that the motto of the 442nd was um, "go for broke," which means you're going to bet it all. If you're going to go for broke in a poker game, you're, you're putting all your yeah. chips in. And he did that. And I I, I challenge him. I say, look, 
if if you are a if you are a dreamer and you're wondering whether or not you should you know still get good grades and uh you're you're wondering about um whether or not you have a future in this country you know just think about you know people who came before you like my grand uncle or even my grandfather who spent his whole lifetime not really having ever a pathway to citizenship and his and his grandson today as a congressman right i mean so bring it back to go for broke my my great uncle monso his name was mon I call him uncle mon he 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 made a bet that our country uh had a better was a that this that the america was a better bet than nazi germany it was a better bet than imperialist japan or, or fascist italy uh and that our country was worth fighting for and i i submit to you know young people today that's still the case um it may not be a gun on a battlefield that you're carrying but it's 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 a mind that you've got to improve it's um uh it's your activism it's your wokeness you know <laughs> sure. it's your it's your wokeness that's going to yeah. save our country right